0: Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. If you're interested in more information about our church, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church. When my strength is fading and my time has come, here I am. Didn't we just sing that this morning? Whenever I would have to fill in for the pastor there in West Virginia, I'd say, what do you want me to preach on? he said, just tell him about the love of God. And that's what I would do. That's really all I can tell you, because that is the gospel, is the love of Jesus. So, I want to start by saying Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a person. It's not a organization, it's not a belief system, it's not a doctrine, it's a person. It's a real person, living, breathing person that we trust in and now we have in us his spirit, he did not leave us as orphans but he gave us his spirit to lead us and to guide us, to give us discernment, to give us wisdom. And I guess that's the reality of the love of God, is that he cares about us, that he lives in us. And I think, I guess, he loves us so much that he sent his son to pay the price of what I have done. Now, I love a lot of people, but I wouldn't give up one of my children so that they could live. If they needed a heart, I would not go to one of my children and say, I'm going to take your heart and put in them. But that's what he did. He died for what I have done and am doing and will do. And yet he still loves us. But he does ask us to love him back. To love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, strength, and to love our neighbor. And these things are hard because they're not natural. It, it, he commands that because it's not natural. Now, when I married Etta, or when she married me, <laughs> I would die for Etta. I would die for my children. Because I love them that much. But I'm not sure I would die for you guys. When it really comes down to it. I mean... My children are my children because they're my children. And that's what we are to God. We're his children. And yes, there's times when there needs to be some parental discipline, but we're always his children. And he always accepts us back. He always wants us to come and jump into his arms and love him and put our arms around him and just love him. That's what he wants. Now there is judicial justice. If you don't love Jesus, you'll spend eternity away from him. But we don't have to worry about that. Because we are children, and we, yes, we will struggle with parental discipline because a good father will give us that discipline. I am a good example of what parental discipline, how it was handled, believe me. My dad had a razor strap hanging in the attic, and I was very familiar with it. And for my children, I have a paddle hanging in the basement to remind me of my children. But I always did it in love. I always did it to correct behavior, not to punish behavior. I did it to correct, to change, to alter behavior. And that's what parental discipline is. It's always done in love. I mean, the Lord's given me a lot of opportunity to learn forgiveness. I was was sitting there this morning. I, I was just thinking of some of the things that have come into my life that has caused me to bend my knee to forgiveness because I don't like forgiving people when they do me wrong, I don't like forgiving them. And maybe them not even realizing or even caring what they've done. But he's given me, as my parent, the opportunity. Because see, problems are not problems, they're actually opportunities. How you handle them and we're to handle everything in love. Whether it's cold, flu, whatever it is, we are to handle it in love. I wonder why I made these notes. I don't know, have something to look at, I guess. But what I'm saying is, our focus, his focus, is love he is love are we love if we are to be like him and his spirit lives in us are we therefore love sometimes we need a little parental discipline to alter our course our thinking and that's okay, because it's all positive. Parental discipline is positive, it's not a negative. And I was just thinking the other day, you know, a storm comes up, we go to the TV, where's the radar? Do we ever think about going to the prayer closet? I mean, this is the guy that's really, has his hands on everything, right? Everything that goes on, his hands on. Everything, even the election, his hands on it. He has a reason, a purpose. COVID-19. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. Just like diphtheria, TB, polio, smallpox, cholera, black plague, the, 18 flu, the flu, 1918 flu, all these things fall under his hand. Could he have prevented it? Absolutely, absolutely. There are limits. There are limits that he allows. In our lives, what's he doing in our lives? What's the circumstance? Last week, what circumstance in our life made us mad, made us upset, angry? Now we think, okay, she made me mad. That's kind of a dumb statement to make, isn't it? How can she make me mad? I chose to be mad. I chose to be angry. Her behavior may have influenced my thinking, but it was still my thinking. I mean, she edifies me every day, believe me. Sometimes I get more edified than others. But I wouldn't trade Edda for a million bucks, 10 million bucks, a trillion dollars. I wouldn't trade her for anything. I wouldn't. She's the apple in my eye. And believe me, sometimes she is the apple in my eye. But it's still all boil At the end of the day, when all said and done, she's my wife and I really love her. I cherish her. I I just enjoy being with her. Sitting on the couch, just being with her, just being in her presence. I really enjoy that. That brings me great joy. And you can't believe some of the foolishness she hears during the day. But I can get, I, yeah. We'll just let a dead horse lie. But we enjoy each other, and I have a lot of fun. Life is a lot of fun for me. I'm really a happy person. I got a birthday coming up on Friday. And you have somebody who will say, oh, it's Friday the 13th. That was the day I was was born on Friday the 13th. Ah, does that answer some questions? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see what I'm saying? My real birthday is July 12th. Four o'clock in the afternoon. I was born again. Sitting in my living room. Kitchen, kitchen. That's what changed my life. That's what changed everything in my life. That's who I am. When I go to look at the Lamb's Book of Life, there it's going to be, July 12th, 1985. That's my birthday. That's my birthday. From then on, the Lord changed everything in my life. Because I deserved it? (laughs) No, sir. I was a real crud ball. I was a real crib ball. When I worked on, I worked in the river. I had a gal tell me, she says, you know, Tom, I have never in my life heard such a foul mouth from any person like you. <laughs> That's quite a testimony, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in 85, I was ready to go out to the barn and hang myself because it was all over. There was no hope. The end of the road, my time had come. There was no hope. It was done. I couldn't take anymore. I mean, I had trouble sleeping. I had trouble even functioning because of depression. And today you look at me and say, well, boy, that's a whole different guy. I said, yep, it is, it's a whole different guy. It's a whole different guy. I mean, and my one daughter not too long ago made the comment, she says, you know, ever since you found God, you have really become a great father. That's true. Since I found the Lord, but this is all his fault. You can't blame me. He's the guy that did it. I can point my finger at him and say, it's your fault. For whatever reason, I have no idea. What purpose, I don't know. Maybe to make Edda miserable, I don't know. Maybe he's got, the pastor Don George used to say, Edda, what in the world did you ever do to God that he would give you a guy like Tom? Remember, Wendell? Yeah, he would. Ellie would say that I'm full of the Dickens. Now, I have no idea what the Dickens is, but but she thinks I'm full of it. But see, this is all the Lord. This is everything transforming everything in my life. And I got a lot of scriptures here. And I got a lot, I got, something, I got a few notes. And we only, today was Sunday. We could probably go on until Wednesday or Thursday. But I'm just wanting to say that the Lord filled me with His Spirit and I try and walk in that spirit every day. Paul says walk in the spirit. Don't walk in the flesh. Don't walk in your intellect. Don't walk in your thinking. Walk in the spirit. That's why he gave us the spirit, to function through it, right? And this is what we're supposed to do. I get this uh, every day from uh, Pastor uh, John Piper, uh, and it's it was really good the other day. He says, "What do I, What do so? What do we do?" about living in doubt and fear of failing in everything Jesus requires of us. What do we do about that doubt, that we're not good enough, that maybe I'm not saved really I'm not this or maybe I'm not that. And so John Piper has three points that he says that he does on a regular basis when he feels doubt unworthiness he said I say to Jesus and I mean it with all my heart that I can I love you Jesus I love you more than I love anyone I surrender all other loves to you I ask that if there is any selfish deceit in my saying this, that you would take it away. At any cost, take it away. <coughs> and cause me to speak truthfully and accurately that I love you. I mean, there's a lot of times I'll say, when well, I really love you, at uh, If, but, but, I just wiped out everything I said, right? If you do that, clean the house, if you get out of bed, if you fix the lawn dinners, if you, right? I I would really love you. That isn't how it works. That's not how it works. The second point is, and we have to say this out loud. Say it out loud. Not just to yourself, but say it out loud. No matter where you're at or who you're with, if you're feeling doubt, just say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. And if there's anything in me that would cause that not to be a fully accurate statement. I give you permission to take it away. Now, my pastor in West Virginia was a not a not a heaven raiser. He was a coal miner. At 18, he had reached his potential that he had his lifelong ambition to be, and now it's a coal miner. He wanted to be a coal miner. And he had reached it, and he was partying, he was drinking, he was married, and he was just having a good time. And he noticed that when, before he got married, that every night he would come in three, four o'clock in the morning, and he would get into bed, and every night his mother would get up and go to the bathroom, after he got in bed. And he couldn't figure that out. Now, how in the, why is it every time I get in the bed, she gets up and goes to the bathroom? How, how is this? Well, she was up praying for him. And she told him that after he got saved, he called her up, they were married, and they called her up at like two o'clock in the morning. And he said, we just gave our heart to the Lord. Aren't you happy? And she says, we'll see, we'll see, show me, show me. But she said, I prayed, my prayer for for you was that no matter what it took, the Lord, didn't matter if it cut your arms off, cut your legs off, didn't matter, save him. Whatever it takes for my son to be saved, Do it. You have my blessing. Now that's a prayer. That's a prayer. Fortunately for me, he didn't have to cut my legs off or my arms off. He just kind of gave me a crooked tongue. That gets out of control. But the second thing is, acts of surrender he is Lord and Savior he's not just Savior he's Lord and Savior I mean we sang about Lord and Savior right this morning we talked about surrender and this is what I'm supposed to be talking about today is surrender The reality of surrender has to be authentic. Do we really, really surrender? Now after 33 years married to Etta, I'm beginning to understand what that means. As we get older and our memories are fading and our strength is fading and things are fading We become more dependent on each other. I'm beginning to really understand surrender. It's not all hers anymore. It's not, it's both of us now. We're together on this. When we got married, we had, you know, two candles. You take them and you light one and blow the other two out. You're now one. Okay, now we're becoming one. We're becoming one, really, in real life. We are really becoming one, functioning. I mean, I can finish her statements and she can, she rolls her eyes when I talk to her. But we're really becoming one, but it's about surrender. I mean, we like to make Jesus our savior, We talk about he's our savior. But do we we like to talk about Jesus being our Lord? Totally surrender to him, totally. Paul says he is a slave to Jesus. And if if you look the word up in Strong's, it can be voluntary or involuntary, but it means the same. You have no right in that relationship. It's like being a butler or a servant. You have you have no rights. Everything that you do is mandated by the person who's employing you. And that's what Jesus has: total loyalty, total surrender to Him because that is what love is. My devotion to Etta has to be total, otherwise it's, it's an artificial love, it's not true love. If I only really love her three days a week, that's not real love. If I only do certain things for her, that's not real love. I have to be totally, totally committed her will is my will. My body is her body. And what the word that Paul says? I used to tease her all say, hey, your body's mine, come on. It doesn't work that way all the time. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about one. We're talking about integration of one. I mean, when you watch sports, this is what we talk about. There's no I in team, right? There's no I in team. Okay. There's no I in our relationship with Jesus. There's no me, my. This is where sin, all sin is selfish. Everything we do is a selfish motive is sin. The prodigal son said, I have sinned against God and against you, Father. What did he do? Go out to the woodshed. I'll be out there and correct this. No, he threw a rope on him, killed the fattened calf, put a ring on his finger, hugged him, welcomed him. And this is what the Lord does to us. He doesn't take us to the woodshed. Parental discipline. Not punishment, discipline. And this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. John Piper in his third said, this is the ultimate bottom line. Since confidence that you are acting in full surrender can always be doubted theologically, it can always be doubted as your heavenly father that you would work miracles, work a miracle in us. Put up Romans 8.16, Caleb, would you? the spirit of himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That is the miracle. When you do something wrong and you feel bad, why do you feel bad? because you have a conscience, because you were trained different. No, it's because of love. It's because the person that you sinned against, you love. It's like my wife. I mean, there are times when I have actually had to say to her, I'm sorry. And that's hard for men to do that. It's hard for men to say, I am sorry for doing that for being such a butt. But that's really what we have to do. We have to say, Lord, I'm sorry. And he said, oh, that's fine. I got you covered. You're my son. I love you. I love you. Put the robe around him. Put a finger on, put a ring on his finger. Let's cook the fattened calf. I love them. They're back. I love him. Hug them. Nothing you can do can make it go away, but you can take it away. That The feelings, the feelings. We, have, we are people of feelings, and boy do we ever get, if you ever watch the news at night, there's a lot of feelings going on at two or three o'clock in the morning. The Spirit himself bears witness with us that our spirit, us, we are children of God. We are children of God. We are a holy priesthood. We are the most unique people in the world. We, are, we should be the happiest, the most joyous people in the world. Why? Because when my strength has faded and my time has come, when I'm laying here in the box, you can say, Tom's time has come. He's collected his inheritance of eternal life with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm home. I'll be home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today, for being with us, for speaking to our hearts, Lord, for just helping us to understand how much you love us. And yes, there's times when we fail, Lord, but there's always the times when you're ready to put the robe on us and the ring and the fattened calf and hug us and love us and hold us because you love us so much. And your purpose in life is to draw us to you, draw us to you. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. And I love you, Jesus. With all my heart, I love you. And if there be anything in my heart that is not edifying in my love, take it away. Take it away, Lord. I ask you to take it away. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you are interested in more information about our church, or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church